to Plaster Negotiations, where none of the debates are legally binding. I'm your host, Mike Stotes. On Plaster Negotiations, we usually cover sports and some other news bits while consuming adult beverages. The topics don't really get harder to debate, but the panel's ability to speak English does. This week, we have panelists, our designated army switch knife guy, whatever the hell we want him to be, Caleb McChesney. We also have Alonzo Maestas and Jeremy Phelps on the show. But I, I think I owe at least Caleb and Alonzo something. It's pretty awful. Yeah, yeah, buddy. <laughs> Do it, baby. Jepsons? It's, oh. it's some Jepsons. Because yeah, Stokesy so. lost his pick on, like, what was it, two weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. it was two two weeks ago. I, I lost because, you know, I, I didn't pick athletes. I think so. you should take two for leaving me out to dry last week. No, no, thanks. Uh, he, you can just uh, put that one in your back pocket and forget it yes. was over there. But how bad their alcohol is, their marketing's amazing. Yeah. Dude, I saw a guy in straight up a jean jacket the other day with Jepson's Malort logo on the back. Um, the sun never sets on a badass, folks. So, uh, cheers, cheers to you. Yeah, call me Dragon. They have, uh, there's for some reason there's a Carolina Panthers bar in Denver, and I don't know why because Panthers don't even have fans in Charlotte. Uh, yeah, Stokes is down. Yeah, they, swear uh, words. Two Jepson's Malort signs in there, and one of them is tonight's the night you finally get the courage to fight your dad. But the other one in the bathroom, you literally walk up to it and it just says, Jepson's Malort, these pants aren't going to shit themselves. <laughs> yeah. In that Panthers bar you talked about, Jeremy, I don't think I'd be allowed in there. What's that? That Panthers bar you talked about, I don't think I'd be allowed in there. Well, you have to be 21 to go in to begin with. So. Well, that. <laughs> yeah. That and Panthers fans would throw me out the second they put that out there. The second they saw me. It's it, also it, a Montucky Cold Snacks bar, so I have this weird love-hate relationship with it. <laughs> yeah, and it's like in the shadow of Mile High Stadium in Denver, too. Um, I can also confirm all the pants-shitting and dad-fighting parts of Jepson's Malort right here and right now. Oh, my God. Six just... thing Jim's back in Greenville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's partially why I didn't want to do the show last week, so thanks again for Caleb for filling in. He, he's hard on himself, but I, I think he did a good job. Right. All right. So we'll uh, we'll start off with you, Caleb, for uh, opening statements. Two minute timer as usual. Whenever you start, uh, timer starts. Go for it. Boyer the destroyer, baby. It's gonna be a fun one, Lambo, Mike. I'm telling you. Usually, I saw a clip of Hoyer coming off of the airplane. Like they do on all the t- pay all the NFL Snapchat stories. They have all the players walking out with their uh, luggage or whatever. Brian Hoyer, literally straight up. Looked like a uh, a version of like Agent Forty Seven, and I'm like, the Packers are so fucked this week. <laughs> so instead of instead of just losing, all right, the Patriots are only going to lose by ten. That's it because Hoyer <laughs> stepped up his game this week. Let's go! I'm this all for the Hoyer show, baby. Let's let Max sit down and let's let the great bald hope come in and at least like try to keep it close for a little while. And when he will Levis is his finger in the first quarter, it'll be time for Bailey Zap, everybody's favorite hero. So instead of losing forty to seven, we'll lose one hundred and seventeen to two. I like that in your mind. Somehow the defense gets worse by Bailey Zap coming in. <laughs> well, Hoyer is just a straight up leader of men. Bailey Zappy's a tool. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go with the let's go with Alonzo next for your opening statement. We'll have the rebuttal period shortly, gents. Uh, whenever you start, timer starts. My opening statement has nothing to do with sports. 
I was out this morning with the family. We went to the zoo. The zoo was freaking exciting. Saw a bunch of reptiles and yeah, I just a badass time. Um, saw some, uh, well, the giraffes weren't out. So we were a little disappointed in that. The, you know, there was no giraffes. We did see the lions. The, one of the lions, with the lioness actually sticking her tongue out at us. It was pretty cool. Um, so we had a blast. Yeah, I went out with the, with the fam this morning. It was a nice, cool day out here. The balloon fiesta is happening. So we figured that the zoo would be kind of dead. And we were right. We were right. Mm. So just want to throw it out there. Zoo time of year, baby. Summer's too hot. Winter's too freezing. It's right now. Right now, it's time to hit up the zoo. So for all y'all who don't have zoo passes, buy yourself one. Just that it's it's time. As best my- <laughs> <laughs> I figured he was gonna make me give that up once we get to Giuseppe this week. But hell uh, no, you you keep saying it. Oh yeah, now we could do an echo effect. But we'll talk about it later. All right, Jeremy, two minutes starts whenever you get going. So you know we've gotten soft as a society, and you know I appreciate the fact that there's some things that you can't do anymore. Like you know you used to be able to go kill people in the streets. That doesn't happen now. But I think we. What need do you to mean it back. doesn't happen now? Sorry. Well, lately. <laughs> I think we need to bring back public floggings, where you just get, like get thrown in a square, and people can pretty much just beat the fuck out of you. And what we need to do that for is there's only one time that happens, and the one time that happens is if you take a fucking elevator to the second floor. Fuck everybody in the history of the world who feels the need to take an elevator to the second floor. If you've got, like, luggage and you've got shit to move, sure. If you're just taking it because you're too lazy to go to the stairs, you deserve to get, like, just thrown in the middle of a square and people just, like, throw shit at you. That's basically what the punishment should be for anybody who feels the need to do that. So that's my time. All right, great. For my time, I'm just going to go ahead and respond to that. I've been dealing with a knee injury the past couple weeks, so thank you. Yeah, he takes the elevator. It's a class now. (laughs) It is awful. It is the worst thing ever. If you're a perfectly healthy, normal human, and you just choose to take it just because, there needs to be repercussions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so with the rest of my time, I'm just going to say this. Uh, Subarus have ruined the past two weeks for me, folks. Um, (laughs) You know, like I was driving along... Uh, one of the leaf highways uh, when my family was in town last week, showing them the leaves and stuff. And lo and behold, some Subaru doing 15 under just fucking swerving all over the road. Like they own the damn place. Like, come on. If you own a Subaru, at least pretend that you remember half of your driver's ed course stuff. Pretend, you know, where the accelerator is for the love of God. Um, And I think Subaru drivers uh, should be, you know, in the flogging, what what conversation model, so. what model Subaru was it? Uh yes, all of them. I don't know. Um it I was, was about to say maybe you you met, uh, ran into my little brother. I, Your I, little brother drives a Subaru? Yeah. It's this little piece of crap. Like yeah. he got That's, it for like two grand. It, he, you know what? He, he paid about nineteen hundred and ninety nine too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no I kidding. Hear I hear there's a direct correlation between people who drive Subarus and people who take elevators to the second floor. Well, I, I think that correlation works one way, but what has two thumbs and takes an elevator to the second floor? This fucker right here. So <laughs> if, y'all, if y'all want to publicly flog me, that's that's fine. I was going to say, to go with Phelps' thing, you know, doing things, you know, well, we should bring this back. and say, oh, yeah, we should bring back, you know, pissing in public. But that that's never left San Francisco, so I, I can't say we need to bring it back. It's just it's it's never left society, dude. I prefer no. it. No, I mean, like, I remember in college – 
there was a, a dude from the Netherlands, uh, another guy and I that went out to a bar one night and he decided to start pissing on a playground. So that was fun. Halfway drunk, trying to talk uh, cops out of not arresting him and putting on a child sex offender list. So That's we did it, though. So, yeah, you know, good times. Good times. Any other rebuttal points? Did you see the penguins, Alonzo? Yes. Oh, yeah, that's that's the one thing my my little girl, my little one year old, that caught her attention. They're them swimming and stuff, and she was like, "Baba, Baba!" Just started going crazy on that. So it was it, we have a pretty decent penguin. No gorillas were shot to like send us into a second apocalypse, right? Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. We're, we're not there yet, though. So we're we're good. Bring stuff for Harambe, boys. Yep. Down the hatch. <laughs> Down the hatch. Yeah. For those listening, I'm drinking water, not alcohol. Can confirm. Because he's not old enough yet. But Six more that. months, baby. Yeah, yeah he's there getting there. Go, there you go. He's getting there. All right. With that, let's get into our DOS boot topic of the week. And this week, ho- hopefully this shouldn't be too much of a surprise. Um, you know, it's never something you want to see, but something we need to talk about. And that is... Tua being sent to the University of Cincinnati's Medical Center after getting sacked late in the first half during this week's Thursday night football game presented by Amazon. That's the branding that they want, I'm sure. Uh, The visuals say it all as Tua's hands went right to his head in a very weird way. Um, Tua was carted off the field on a stretcher. For those of us who uh, were not aware, this past Sunday against the Bills, Tua seemingly sustained a head injury in which he stumbled, although the Dolphins reported it as a back injury. Um, The NFLPA is obviously investigating, and Benner sent this to me like right before the show. I saw it too, I think. Yeah, and this is coming from Adam Schefter, so believe it if you want or not, you know, that guy's kind of had a fall from grace. But uh, from Schefter, quote, Uh, The unaffiliated neurotrauma consultant involved in clearing Dolphins quarterback Tua uh, during Sunday's game against the Bills has been fired after it was found he made, quote, several mistakes, unquote, in his evaluation, according to ESPN and multiple other outlets. So they found their fall guy. Yeah, yeah, they found their fall guy. Um, And earlier this week, two Dolphins head coach, um, McMahon came out and said that it was just a small little back injury because nobody needs that, right? Instead of a head injury. Um, really, I think Alonzo, Jeremy, and I can remember concussions, you know, going back, you know, these discussions happening going back 20 years, right? Um, but Alonzo, we'll start with you because you're the concussion guy. Um, and, and not in, you know, the bad way that that came off as. Uh, but what's it really going to take for the NFL to stop comparing concussions to the tooth fairy and actually taking them serious? Okay, so it, you know you said it was merely a back injury. I, I don't know if you saw McDaniel after – McDaniel? Whatever his name is, the coach of the Dolphins. Yeah. Mike after, McDaniel, yeah. After the game, uh, after Thursday night said, oh, we're glad you know, it, it came back and it was only a concussion. I'm like, what the fuck do you mean it was only a concussion? Yeah, he, those were his words in the press conference. Oh, we're glad it came back and it was only a concussion. Oh, it was only damage to his fucking brain. That's it. No big deal. No big deal. You know, so I'm pissed that um, I'm, I'm glad they can that that third party consultants or whatever, but there's got to be more to it. Um, so I, I saw this article probably about 15 minutes, 20 minutes before we got on here. 
there's a, a guy named Chris Nowinski. He's he runs um, I think it's at Boston U or at Harvard. He runs uh, their their concussion area. He used to be a WWE wrestler, got out because of concussions. He's a neurologist now. He's like mm-hmm. one of the world renowned experts on concussions. Now, uh, he said that with um, Tua's hand thing going on, he said it showed signs of decorticate posturing, a severe, quote, primitive, unquote, brain response that indicates damage to the cortex. And to quote him, you usually see it in a stroke when you've had massive damage to the cortex. It's basically like a primitive movement controlled by the, by the brainstem. His cortex no longer is in control of his body and his brainstem took over. And that's what it does when you have a damaged cord. So, dude, um, what's it going to take? I it, Someone dying. Because this guy, I mean, Nowinski went on to say, this guy should be out for the rest of the year and maybe beyond. Maybe maybe he should be done, essentially. But he should be out for the rest of the year. Um, whereas the Dolphins are like, oh, you know, it's it's an you know an indefinite amount of time. Indefinite should be like, you know what? He's gone for the year. We'll figure this out. His hands were fucking, uh, you know, yeah. they looked like broken fingers every, i'm pretty every- sure i read somewhere this week that like like in the last like day or two that he's that they think he's going to be able to come back next week fuck that fuck no that. fucking way fuck i want to say i saw something like that that he's going to be ready for like uh for he's gonna be ready for sunday next week all right no so okay if look. He back on that sunday and if he takes another hit that whatever first of all whatever's already happened is irreversible Remember, concussions don't get better. They get exponentially worse with each one. So assuming he had one on Sunday, okay? Remember, they fired the the neurologist for a reason because he clearly didn't diagnose it correctly. So you don't fire him because he did the right thing. You know, you don't fire him because, oh, you diagnosed it right, but we're going to kick you out. It looks like he diagnosed it incorrectly. So so he had a concussion Sunday. He gets one on Thursday. Now it's exponentially worse every time you get them. They don't ever heal. You don't ever get back to baseline. And so it gets worse and worse. If he comes back in two weeks, takes another fucking hit to the head, we're talking some hardcore irreversible Can I, can I talk about this? Can I read this quote from Mike McDaniel uh, right after the game? Yeah, fuck Please. McDaniel. Go ahead, dude. But it was, it was, maybe it wasn't right after the game, but it was a Friday morning. Friday morning. He oh. said, all of his teammates, myself, we were all very concerned. So the best news that we could get is that everything's checked out and they didn't have anything more serious than that concussion and will be fine back with us here on the plane. Like yeah. you said, the only concussion comment, and he flew back the next day, he was discharged that night. I yep. think I think the Dolphins are going to be looking to play him next week. The Dolphins are fucking idiots. And... Um, well, I don't I'm, think anybody's going to fight you on that. No, the Dolphins have him, they've had a I'm, really... I'm, I'm, Really well, bad, like fall from grace over the last couple off seasons. Oh, absolutely. Here's, here's the problem, though. If if he comes back and says, "I want to play," then he's essentially signing away his health. And so, I mean, the only people who could sue on his behalf would be the NFLPA because they're setting a precedent for the rest of the league. But mm-hmm. I think he would he would have a hard time suing on his own, saying, "Well, they shouldn't have cleared me." If they if they have stuff for him saying, "I want to play, I want to play," they shouldn't put him back. He should be out for the rest of the fucking year. He should be more concerned about the, his future. Again, if they put him back in within a week, two weeks here. And he gets injured again, like another hard hit. And this is two weeks in a row now. You know, we're talking mm-hmm. a four-day span. If he gets yeah. hurt again like this, fuck, man. I mean, what it's going to take, Mike, is someone to die on the football field. And that is – I mean, I don't say that tongue-in-cheek. That's what it's going to take for the NFL to be like, whoa, whoa, we, we fucked up. Until then, they're going to be like, well, he passed the concussion protocol. 
yeah, but we all saw the hit he took, and we all saw him take another hit. His hands curl up. You know, I mean, I, no, no. I mean, I, I think it's pretty clear that the NFL is never going to take this seriously. I mean, we have we've had a whole Will Smith movie, and then Manti Teo shot, uh, you know, Kurt Cobaining himself in the chest. Not not like, Manti Teo, not Junior, uh, Junior Seau. Oh, why did I say Manti Teo? <laughs> <laughs> He's in the news for different reasons. Yeah, right. That the Netflix documentary. Let's not wish death on people here either. So he was he was really good, but yeah, you know. Junior Seau, Manti, not that, Kirk obeying himself in the chest. And Will Smith makes a whole movie about concussions. We've had Aaron Hernandez turn out to have this, the most serious case of CTE ever seen in somebody his age. Yeah. And this is all in the last decade, okay? Yeah. This is all in the last decade. Yeah. The NFL is not going to take this seriously until somebody dies on that field, like, dead. Yeah. Like. And you can directly relate it back to a concussion or a head hit. Um, one thing I think that kind of uh, backs up everybody's point, it's a tweet from Tua. It came out uh, September 30th, and it says, quote, I want to thank everybody for all their prayers and support since the game last night. It was, And this is the part that kind of sticks with me in a bad way, that it's uh, much deeper than a rule change. Quote, it was difficult to not be able to finish the game and be there for my teammates. I'm sorry. What in the cinnamon? Does Steven Ross fuck? have like his balls on a shot collar? I have no idea, man. But th this is from Tua. But I'm grateful for the support and care I've received from the Dolphins. <laughs> and they fired <laughs> somebody. Yeah, okay. I mean, my friends and family and all the people who reached out. Uh, go he, ahead, Alonzo. Does he have a PR guy from the Dolphins saying, write this? Yeah, it's he, he has to a shotgun to the back of his head. Exactly. That's what it fucking sounds like. You know, come out looking like like a warrior. Hey, I wanted to stay out. This was the worst part about this was that I couldn't finish game. No, the worst part about it is you almost fucking died. That's the worst part about this. I'm a goddamn oh, yeah. Patriots fan, and I have more concern for Tua than the Dolphins do. You know, yeah. yeah I, 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 here's the thing. I, I I think this this goes well beyond cheering for a team and looking at these people as individuals and being like, dude, you're you're gonna fucking die. I mean, I, 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 I'm not a Dolphins fan. I don't really care. Matter of fact, I'm not an Alabama fan. Mike knows that. But when I saw the injury, I mean, my heart just sunk, man. I was like, mm -hmm. what the fuck? As soon you're, as I saw those hands go up in that weird little yes, thing. Yeah. Like, uh, yes. yeah anytime you see something like that. You're entertainers. You're not supposed to die on the field for us, guys. No, no. I'm sorry, but that's just. I'm sorry. I, I'm taking all this conversation. My bad. Go ahead. No, no worries. No worries, Jeremy. Let's Jeremy's get you been, in here. Uh, yeah, I think he's been uh, looking to say something. I kind of like see his lips go and then stop because one of us is talking. So I want to. I want to just point out. Yeah. I just want to like put a light on Jeremy to say something. Yeah, Phelps, give us something. Phelps, give us. Yeah, something. No, I, I think there's a couple things to go into this, and you know, Alonzo's 100 right. I think first and foremost, one of the things they teach you in every concussion training you ever do because they teach it to you at every level from youth all the way through college all the way through pro is the idea of second impact syndrome right and like mm -hmm. the first concussion is bad the second one if you get reconcussed while you have a concussion that's when it becomes deadly and bad shit happens mm -hmm. right and so i just want to throw out there and like i'm i'm a big ufc guy i'm not a boxing guy at all i think boxing's kind of on its way out i think ufc's kind of put them there but uh weirdly enough this week actually um, there was a 25 year old boxer named Luis Quinones who got knocked out in a fight, uh, got knocked out so severely. He got put on a stretcher and taken to the hospital and then got a blood clot in his brain and died five days later from the head trauma. Holy like, shit. And that happens a lot with boxers. Like, yeah. 
absurdly a lot. Yeah, because so, they used to call it punch drunk, like back in the 1920s. That was their idea understanding of concussions. So yeah, yeah sorry, continue. And so I just I think that the realism of it all is is there, you know, and it hasn't happened in the NFL yet because it's a little bit different than getting punched a hundred times in a twenty minute fight. But I think there's still that level to it as well. And you know, it's it's interesting from my side of things, just you know, kind of the big business money of all of it and. I mean, big business obviously rules America. There's no doubt about it. There's a new Netflix special out about uh, the GameStop. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's fantastic. I thought you were about to like reference the Jeffrey Dahmer thing. I was no, like, no, how no. is he going to tie this in? <laughs> That's also out there, but doesn't have to do so talk about how, you know, big business can never fail. And if you look at professional athletics, that's the case. And so it's interesting because if you look the past few years here, at the collegiate level, when it came to the idea of a college football playoff, Congress got involved. Congress had to have a say in whether or not we have a college football playoff. Mm-hmm. But Congress doesn't feel the need to rule in on people literally having debilitating brain injuries that affect them the rest of their life and those around them. So to answer your question, the NFL will never do anything about it. The only time this anything actually comes as a result or any change comes is when Congress decides to stop fucking trying to influence a college football playoff and they get involved in the actual seriousness of head injuries in professional athletics. If you look at a few years ago and just give you kind of retrospect here, so big hockey guy as well. I hate the Pittsburgh Penguins, but Sidney Crosby, early on in his career, one of the greatest players. Lots of concussions. Early on in his career, got a severe concussion, missed an entire calendar year because of one concussion in a sport where you're not getting hit 40 times a game. You're getting hit five to 10 times a game, realistically. If you're Sydney, probably 15. Point being, though, if in the NHL it was a serious enough injury that arguably the best player in the league at that point in time misses an entire calendar season because of one concussion and the severity – then the fact that Tua is arguably going back this week after the worst concussion in a long, long time just shows the lack of care given in the NFL versus the other leagues out there. Yeah, it really is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, and it also goes into a scheduling thing, and one of the biggest complaints we hear from players about these Thursday night games is, great, we have four days, there's no off day because it's usually on Mondays. They usually usually get a quick turnaround afterwards. Not that like this is like a... um... Or not, not quick turnaround. I mean, they have usually have a long break. Like I'm pretty sure most teams that you know get that Thursday game either have like a bye week coming up soon. Outside, like the the, the ones that get screwed weeks one and two. Like the NFL is very like particular with their scheduling. So I think most of the time they do give these teams that play the Thursday night a little bit of you know um, leniency when it comes to like, oh hey we'll give you this Monday night game or we'll have you have this bye week right after. Uh, not to say that the whole Thursday night football thing isn't just gross because it is. It's a four game turnaround, but yeah, yeah, f- yeah, four days. Like, okay, great. Hey, thanks for giving me four days to go. And uh, one of the early comparisons I heard about football was essentially what you're going to do in every football game is you're going to put on a motorcycle helmet, jump onto a motorcycle, and run that motorcycle into a brick wall sixty plus times. In general, at least as a lineman, you mm-hmm. would, right, well, and that's that's not like at the top level. That also how many goes down unreported the concussions are there about offensive and defensive linemen? Me, <laughs> me, 
I can't walk upstairs like, well, right now because physically, but because of my, you know, mental state and stuff from concussions after I got them, it was bad. Like I have trouble with them too, right? Because now I've gotten to a point where in the preseason, they make every defensive player wear that fucking helmet condom. But then when the season rolls around, because it looks so stupid, you don't wear it. Like if it has that big of an impact, why would you not wear it when it matters the most? Like, yeah, it looks fucking stupid, but make them wear the damn helmet condom if it really has that big of an impact on it. Right. Right. It, it makes no sense why they don't other than they want the optics and they're afraid that, you know, 10% of the, you know, uh, hardcore fans are going to say, well, fuck this. I ain't watching football no more because they're wearing the condoms on their heads. So what I, I mean, it's ridiculous. Rugby? You know what I mean? No, they can't spell rugby. They're not yeah. watching it. Come on. No way. No fucking way. Caleb, what else you got to add to this conversation? I think you guys have just like really hit on all the points here. Like the NFL, they just, this is my favorite sport. This is my favorite league, like just bar none, but they are just truly atrocious. And, um, and I think it's just hilarious how far the dolphins have fallen as far as like their respect as an organization in just the last like 18 months. From figure from finding out that they were you know trying to tank, they were uh, doing the uh, what's the word um, when they were when they were talking to Tom Brady and Sean Payton were ta- tampering tampering yeah when they were tampering with Brady and Payton uh, when they weren't supposed to when they fired Flores for not taking the bribe to tank, uh, which they didn't prove. But I'm just gonna go on record and say I believe Flores when he says that he got offered to tank and didn't do it. Um. Yeah, I mean, Stephen Ross is going to be looking just like um, the McNairs of Houston. Uh, and, and he's going to be there with McNairs and Dan Snyder in no time. And I, yeah, it's it's truly just a, a shame that these are the people that own NFL franchises. I think they've done more damage to, to their, their brand in the past seven days than they had in the past two years. Can we also just really quickly here, kind of unrelated, but very related, uh, point out the fact that if your franchise is in a position where the most important thing you can do is play Tua Tagovailoa in a game, how atrocious of a franchise it is that you're A concussed, in. broken Tua Tagovailoa. And yet he's the best option for It's you not like he's concussed Tom Brady. <laughs> You could find a random washed-up dad in the stands who could throw this here ball over that there mountain, probably farther than Tua, that might give you a better opportunity to Even win. Even if you're into the bottom. whole lefty thing, I'm sure you could find the dad bod lefty out there in the 100%. stands. <laughs> 100%. Are they really just afraid of letting Teddy Bridgewater succeed? Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. Or the one and only Skylar Thompson. Uh, some people call him the uh, Bailey Zappi of uh, Miami, so... I can't wait for them to bring Fitzy back out of retirement and the great bearded hope, Ryan. Oh, Fitzy would never do it for Miami after watching this. I know Fitzy's pissed. Oh, for sure. Oh, he's got to be. He's He's got to be. He's greatest product, dude. I get it. Tua was his little brother, and then he just, like, beat the shit out of him. Yeah, yeah. All right, so to to wrap up this conversation. um, Depressing opener this week, Stokesy. Well, come on. We were all having fun and laughs last week. 
Hey, we're we're gonna get to the laughs here soon. We're gonna get to the yucks and such. I mean, I did a shot of Jepsons. What more do you want? I mean, Jesus, every week with this guy, it's like, oh, let's not talk about baseball because it's not happening for me. Anymore. Well, I am correct. Yeah, so. no, it, no, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. one Pujol slash night. Good for you. on this one. These pants aren't gonna shit themselves, and neither is yeah. this baseball. Well. I hope not. That would be a weird baseball then. Um, but to wrap up the uh, NFL concussion um, discussion, um, said it before, uh, in 1994, though, getting a little more specific with that, then Commissioner Taglaboo uh, created this committee for mild traumatic brain injuries. So it's called the MTBI committee. Um, and the head of this committee excuse me, was a rheumatologist, okay? So if that doesn't sound like a brain function, it's because this is a doctor who doesn't look into brain injuries. Um, this person looks into diseases that affect the muscles, bones, joints, ligaments, and tendons um, all throughout the body. So the NFL historically has not given a shit about concussions. The, only, the first committee that they look uh, or sanctioned to look into this problem only did it at a very cursory PR level. And honestly, I got to agree with, you know, just about everybody else here, especially Jeremy on this, the NFL is never really going to take this seriously. And that's the low and short of it. You're going to lose a lot of money. And with that, because it's too depressing, I guess, Caleb, we'll take a break, but coming up, the gang sends out their not-so-bold predictions in our new NFL Shots segment. And we'll run through our Giuseppe Stromboli Redo of the Week. Uh, a little preview here. How do you keep your bar crew from getting kicked out or investigated by your state's Board of Animal Health? Stay tuned and find out. You're listening to Plaster Negotiations, where none of the debates are legally binding. It's times like these when the negotiations now let's get into our nfl shot segment Everybody! all right now we'll go through um, a few nfl games on the docket for this week give our predictions and that'll be that loser will do a punishment next time they're on the show our first game comes for to us out of jolly old linden Tomorrow morning at god-awful o'clock in the morning for some. Vikings at Saints. Caleb, who you got and why? Queen Elizabeth died just before she could miss this mid-off between Andy Dalton and Kirk Cousins. Um, but you know what? Uh, this isn't this isn't prime time. It's actually way early. I think, I think Kirk Cousins is an early riser. I think that's what he is. He, he doesn't like going a little too late in night. He wants to get up early in the morning and get his stuff done. Uh, so I think Kirk's going to go off in, in London. He's going to take out the Saints. Uh, yeah, let's go Minnesota. All right, McChesney, thanks for that. Alonzo, who you got? Viking Saints. I have to agree with, with Caleb on that. Um, the Saints, it's not that the Saints were any good to begin with, but now they don't have their starting quarterback or Michael Thomas either. Um I just, I can't see them pulling this out. So, you know, I'm, I'm going with Vikings. 
Jeremy. So I actually just got swayed. So hear me out. I don't think James Winston has ever been the answer. I believe in the great red hope. I think Andy Dalton's a mediocre starting quarterback. I think James Winston would probably get picked off four times in a peewee game. So I actually think it's a Trey Lance situation where it's a step up for the Saints. However, McChesney just swayed me, and here's why. If there is any guy in the NFL right now who would be in bed by seven, up by six, not drinking coffee, but making sure he drinks water to hydrate before a game, that is Kirk Cousins. So honestly, just off of McChesney's point, I'm going Vikings all the way. Injured uh, Dalvin Cook or not, Kirk Cousins is going to be up at 6 a.m. serving breakfast and pancakes to every player on his roster in England with some scones on the side. And because you like that, oh god, all wearing a Docker shirt. (laughs) And uh, Jeremy, I want to make this note. I'm with you. I am a big Andy Dalton guy. It's hard not to be. The guy's he's he's avoided chill. getting burned in he's the sun fun. for 10 years of an NFL career now. He can't always play in a dome. I respect it. Yeah. Yeah. I unfortunately I gotta agree with you guys. Um, mostly because Kirk Cousins is a nerd that will be up and get everybody functioning. So that'll be that. Our next game on the docket. Um, the Washington not commanders, but honkies at the Dallas Cowboys. Let's start off with um, Alonzo with, I'm sure, a totally not biased pick. Well, I'm definitely biased, but for the Cowboys, uh, but I just, I just think Washington sucks. So if Dallas loses to him, Dallas is really horrible. Um, Cooper Rush is, I mean, he's not the answer long term, but he played all right so far. So I think at Dallas, they keep it going. Um, Carson Wentz is reverting back to the mean, uh, which is his mean is below average actually so he's reverting back to below the mean um yeah i I got the cowboys sounds good sounds good jeremy who you got cowboys or honkies it's hard to pick the washington doesn't have a mascot team ever in anything they do and as we're talking about redheaded quarterbacks who are below average andy dalton is like a rich man's carson wentz if you're a poor man's andy dalton you're just struggling in life so I got Cowboys by a lot, and then after the game, they're all going to go out and drink a delicious gold buckle beer, the official beer of Pro Rodeo, and just have a good old time. Nah, they're going to drink Dallas Blonde, bro. That's 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 the beer down in Dallas. Shinerbox is shit, dude. If they want to throw down a Shinerbox party, I'll throw down on that. Or I'll throw down on a gold buckle party. I'm all about it. Let's go. There you go. All right, Caleb. Cowboys or Honkies? So I'm, I'm with the group again. I'm going to take the Cowboys. But I do think it'll be close. I think this is going to be a different type of game than the Cowboys have been used to the first two weeks where it's just this slow kind of methodical game. I think there's going to be a lot of fireworks both ways, offensively and defensively, because Carson Wentz is going to throw some picks. But he's also going to throw for a lot of yards, and he's going to hit He's going to hit Jahan Dotson and uh, Terry McLaurin at some point. And like, I, don't think, I don't think Cooper Rush is going to, like, uh, you know, stray away from that really safe brand of football he's been playing but i do think the pressure will come on a little bit and that offense is gonna have to take it up another step so i will take the cowboys uh i know that we are not asking for a score until later but just to give an idea of what i'm thinking this game's gonna be i'm gonna say it's gonna be 35 31 dallas hmm Man, that's closer than I would have put. It, but um, it's going to be – the game is going to be a little bit like – it's going to feel like not that close. I think I think mm-hmm. there's going to be some garbage time 
stuff going on too, but I think the first half is going to be pretty explosive. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm when Dallas has played actual teams that know what football is, they have had some pretty damn good defense and Dan Snyder is just running that fucking honkies franchise into the ground. Um, you love to see it. Cowboys win, smoke them. Next you know game. What the turning point was in that franchise. Hmm. The turning point in that franchise was when they let Kirk, Gene Shorts, Jorts, Cousins go, and all of a sudden there was nobody there to make breakfast for the players, and they're hung over on Sunday morning. There was nobody. The there was nobody to rally the boys after a Saturday night out. They nobody was dad. there doing bedroom. They needed dad in the locker room, and they got rid of him. <laughs> nobody was there at the staircase or the elevator making sure that no floozies were coming into the team rooms to keep them up at night after their 8 p.m. curfew every Saturday night. You know, you know that during like, <laughs> you know that like during the COVID isolation, go downhill. During the COVID isolation, Kirk Cousins is like monitoring the team hotel. He's the hall monitor of this team hotel with like this. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It was like he's this standing little at the thing. front door. He's standing like the doors that open, and any girl that's not wearing like a burka, he's like, "Get out of here, sloop!" <laughs> With this like crucifixion, like the, the power of Christ compels you. <laughs> Looking like, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, this is the end. The nerdy guy, Seth Rogen's friend, the guy who was in She's Out of My League. You guys, is that a, a rom com? Because if if it is. He... Three guys here. Uh, that, Give me know, a man. second. I can pull up his name. I just see Kirk like checking into the team hotel, and like the woman behind the desk is wearing like you know what you do at a nice hotel, like a blazer. Jay Burchell. That's who I'm talking about. What's you, that, have you guys not watched any Seth Rogen movies? Uh, yeah, it's good ones. This is the end. It was a good one. Yeah. Caleb, if, if you don't mind, Jeremy, I want you to finish that thought. I, uh, yeah. I was just saying, I, I just see Kirk Cousins being the guy who, like, he's first off the bus because he wants to go get the hotel room keys for everybody, like, you know, on his team. And he, like, goes to the desk. And there's, you know, the young lady working behind the desk wearing, like, a blazer and, like, a skirt. And, like, he looks at her and he's like, does your dad know you're showing your knees? Give me his number. I'm going to call him <laughs> right now. I'm really concerned about you. Um <laughs> I'm concerned about your well-being and his peace of mind. What's your dad's name and what's his number? <laughs> Every time that the Vikings go on a road trip, Kirk Cousins is just like a dad, like planning this whole thing out. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past Kirk to pull up to the hotel in a fanny pack. All right? <laughs> <laughs> Did you shorts. go to the restroom before you left the hotel today? You know you're going to have to go before you get to the stadium. Justin or, Jefferson, or, or, come or, or, on! We need to go. Stop doing it gritty in the middle of the hallway. Or, or, or pull up to the hotel like like I do in socks and sandals, and 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 good to go. So, oh, you know he's doing that. Socks, sandals, cut off jorts, and a blazer. Let's go. I love, that is, I, I love Kirk so much. He, he, see him like treasure. walking into the stadium. <laughs> I just see him walking into the stadium, and like whoever's like you know like reading the team bus like how do you think you're gonna do today kirk and he's like oh we're gonna give it our gosh darn best effort and even if we don't win that's okay everybody will still get orange slices (laughs) (laughs) i cut him up for everybody i gave my mom the week off yeah (laughs) it's gonna be great do you think he you know with his uh 8 p.m curfew hall monitor do you think he made his own sash (laughs) yes Yes, I do. Okay. And you know he's going around putting the that the 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 masking tape on the on the doors. 
but he'll know who opened the door and, and who wasn't able to do it, who couldn't close it right. <laughs> He's like, yeah. this tape is not on right. Like it was last night. This shit's not on right. Like I put it on last night. I can oh, yeah. tell. Oh yeah. No, no, no. And he does the whole painter's tape thing. And then like some of the clear scotch tape off to the side too, in a different location, just to make sure it's like, oh, you always got to have an A and a B. You always got to have an A and a B coach. <laughs> He's going to talk to Justin Jefferson in the game, like in the locker room for the game. He's going to be like, Justin, I saw the tape was broken on your door. I'm not throwing you the football today. This is your punishment. It's the only way you're going to learn. And the Vikings lose 47 to 8. <laughs> Justin Jefferson learns a great life lesson from Father Kirk Cousins. Oh, my God. I think we found out how to actually disrupt the Vikings on the road now. Just go to their team hotel with a bunch of broken tape and put it on random doors. <laughs> and then Kirk Cousins, he'll just come in all red, and it'll be like, you gosh darn hooligans. Oh, we were supposed to be watching film like good football players. And this just is a gosh darn it. business trip. This isn't Woodstock. <laughs> <laughs> now get off my lawn. <laughs> I have all your parents' numbers and they've been informed. <laughs> I've called them. I woke up at 4 a.m. and called them. Do you think I love to do this to you, Dalvin? Really? <laughs> I only do this to you if I love you. <laughs> that, that this is my favorite Kirk Cousins conversation I think ever. Um, yeah, it's a, it's the history of Kirk Cousins. Yeah, yeah. This is the most positive I've ever seen. This guy. Oh man, unfortunately, let's move on. Let's keep it moving. Patriots at Green Bay. McChesney, I already know who you're going to say, so go ahead and do it. Yeah. So the Patriots don't have Mac Jones, obviously. Um, but if any of you read the article I wrote this week. Hoyer the Destroyer is the quintessential Patriot, all right? He's been there for us even when the fans didn't want him. Even when Belichick didn't want him, you know, benching him in Super Bowl 52. What a shame that was. That was the most notable benching of that entire game. I don't know. I don't know anybody that could match that. Um, But Hoyer's coming in. He's got the sunglasses, his clean, fresh-shaved head. He's, He's here to do business. He's... He's going to go off in Lambeau. He's going to lead the team like the leader of men he is. And the Patriots are going to lose. I am I think I said 26, 13, something similar to that. Like, I think for the most part, this game is like, this is my unironic take now. The This game is going to be really slow. The Patriots are going to do their best to just kind of force Green Bay to say, hey, we're not, we're not going to let you just explode on us. We want you to, like, take your time. Like... The more long long drives you have, and you know if we can stop you uh, at all on defense and force you to punt the ball, the Patriots. Listen, the Patriots aren't going to score that much. Like it's just not in their DNA, especially without Mac. Um, so the real key to this game is to take these long drives and get the ball as much as they can, and kick as many field goals as they can, or touchdowns, whatever the case may be, because. They're not going to score 30. They're not going to beat Rodgers in a, in a shootout. But I think you can only, you know, withhold that Packers offense so much. And eventually the Packers are going to score that touchdown that kind of breaks the back of the Patriots. So hmm. I think that's why I said, I think I said 26, 20, 26, 13 or something similar in my preview. But I think there's a chance. It's just not a great one for New England. Hoyer coming in hot-ish sort of for him. Alonzo, who you got? Yeah, I, I think the Packers are going to win. 
But um, I'm looking back at a game from last year, and McChesney should remember this, when the Patriots threw the ball three times. Yeah, that was an anomaly of, like, all sorts. They beat the Bills 14-10. to 10. They ran for 222 yards on 46 carries. But so I think Belichick's going to look and say, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't have a team that can beat you in the air. Let's just, let's like, like, like Caleb said, let's just stretch this game out. Let's, let's pound the ball. Let's see if, if we can, if we can just keep the ball out of, out, out of their hands. Similar to what he did when he was one of the Giants um, coaches back in the day. And um, they beat the Bills in Super Bowl. Uh, 20 to 19 when they just took the, they they didn't give Jim Kelly and the offense the ball a whole lot you know I think they ended up um, doubling up their time of possession that game yeah right uh, I, I don't right. Think, I don't think the Patriots win but I think they they make it interesting I think uh, this game is going to remind you a lot of that 2020 game in Kansas City where Cam Newton got COVID like two days before the game and Brian Hoyer had to come in and spot start and he didn't look great obviously because he had you know two days to prep and he's Brian Hoyer um but the Patriots were in that game up until the third quarter, up until they had the back, until the Chiefs had the back-breaking touchdown. Belichick had this defensive, like, masterclass that was just taken away. Um, I think the Patriots can do that again. It's just I don't know if I have faith in the offense to, you know, get that touchdown before Rodgers does. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think the Packers win, but I think, it's, I think it's a lot closer than people think. All right, Jeremy, who you got? Pat's pack. I got to agree with the crew here. I think it's going to be a pretty close game. Um, you know, you look at week one, Packers lost 23-7 to the Vikings. And I think the Vikings are a very similar team to what the Patriots are going to bring into town this weekend. Um, the Vikings are far more talented than we are. But on paper, I think there's a lot of similarities. I think that the Vikings are a team who wants to run the ball. They don't want to throw it. And they only had 130 yards rushing that week. So, you know, obviously Kirk getting it done in the air definitely helped. But I think there's a certain level of, I don't know, just the fact that they're a team who's going to focus on field position. I think the Packers struggle when the other team focuses on field position. Um, you know, 14-12 last week shows that the Packers don't have a great offense right now. I think the Pats defense is pretty decent. So I do think the Packers get it done at home, but I think it's close and I think it's low scoring. I'm seeing like a eight. 13 game or like a 17 12 something like that yeah the Patriots are going to play a really safe brand of offense this week and i think oh. when they do it just it's you know it's the service academy style right like when you play an air force and you play a navy it's just you get the ball so little in that game that their inability to score points almost becomes irrelevant because every possession now matters yeah if brian hoyer comes out and runs the quadruple option the wing t yeah I'd, I'd so love to see it. That would be amazing. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Um, yeah, I got to agree with everybody else, although I am going to give a wag of the finger a lot more to um, my Packers as a partial owner of them and fan. Um, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, just watching the past two weeks, it is so obvious that the ghost of Dom Capers hangs over that defense still. Nobody can fucking cover anybody. It's like watching... I'm not even going to say it because it, it will be offensive, but figure your shit out on defense, Green Bay. Offensively, I understand it. You lost um, a wide receiver that was very well-developed by Aaron Rodgers, who is not having as much success out there in Vegas right now and is verbally very frustrated with them. 
Um, that's going to come with I can't wait until McDaniels gets fired and then he's back in New England because we desperately need him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And really on the Patriots side, like if this game wasn't in Green Bay, I would probably actually still pick the Patriots to win because that wow. defense at times has shown that it is quite unreliable against whatever they're not covering. Like if they don't fully guess correctly that, okay, it's going to be a run. Okay. It's going to be a pass. Then it's just like, everybody's out there looking at each other, yelling and watching the ball go, you know, like 30 yards downfield. Um, only reason green Bay, it's going to be more like 15, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a part of it too. Um, but only reason green Bay wins is because we're at home. Um, and, and yeah, everybody's got to get their shit together. You got to pack up your shit. You got to put it all in one place and just pack it up, get and it together. Before we get to the game featuring Cade's dad, um, <laughs> I want to say, I want to just put this on record. As I've said to many, many friends of mine this week, if Brian Hoyer pulls off this win in Lambeau, I'm buying his Jersey. What if Bailey's app pulls off the game in Lambeau? <laughs> I will never be featured on an episode with Jeremy Phelps ever again. (laughs) (laughs) You will never hear hear the end of it. The script is just going to be, welcome to Plaster Negotiations. Uh, Jeremy, Jeremy. yeah, Jeremy, what do you have to say? And then we go into... It's going to be a one-on-one podcast with me and Jeremy just for an hour (laughs) arguing about... (laughs) I can't wait for uh, freaking Hoyer to like Will Levis his finger in the first quarter and Bailey Zapp comes in and goes 29 to 30. 34 for 297 yards and three touchdowns. <laughs> Including the game winner with eight seconds left. Aaron Rodgers is <laughs> exactly. on the sideline like, what the fuck? <laughs> he just comes on afterwards and Aaron's like, yeah, I gotta do more mu- magic mushrooms and attend this guy's fucking master class. Holy shit. It's gonna be incredible. But yeah, no, Hoyer jersey if he pulls this off. Okay. No zappy jersey if he pulls it off? No. Okay. <laughs> I just had to ask. Because there wasn't anything definitive there. All right, let's move on to the next game: Chiefs at Bucks. Chiefs at Bucks. Hopefully, we could start to divert from each other here. I'll start this one off because I haven't just yet. This game boils down to Patrick Mahomes' headspace. Last week, his own fucking team got in his head because his favorite little wide receiver wasn't there anymore and is out in Cleveland. It showed. That he you mean re- you mean Miami or Miami, whichever yeah. one, yeah. yeah. Miami. Tyreek the freak. Mari Cooper's in Cleveland. Tyreek Hill's in Miami. Yeah, there we go. I got it backwards. Anyways, Mike Evans also comes back for the Bucks. I'm going to take the Bucks at home in this one. Very similar to post Hurricane Katrina, New Orleans Saints feels. Um, yeah, put that on here. So. Let's go with Jeremy. Who you got in Chiefs at Bucks? Yeah, um, I got the Chiefs for two reasons, really. One is home field advantage is obviously gone. The game's being played in Minneapolis this no, week. No, it's in Tampa. It's in Tampa. They just moved it yesterday, did they not? No, they were talking about it, but the mayor of Tampa and the NFL basically said, yeah, no, it's staying here. We're going to be good. Missed that. Well, anyway, for one big reason then, and that's that Tom Brady is not Tom Brady. His separation that's eminent from Giselle is clearly very much in his head. And dude, Brady doesn't look good. 
the last couple of weeks. Shoot. Like, no. like, like, like not even his play. Just like on the sideline, his body language is just like so he defeated. looks stressed. Like well, just that's where I'm going with this. So two to three weeks ago, he was talking to Mike Evans on the sideline, and they caught it. They caught him saying that his arm's not as strong as it used to be. Um, age is actually finally taking its toll. Plus, his headspace not being where it needs to be. He's, I mean, three points going into the fourth quarter against a mediocre Saints defense with his receivers healthy, and now a lot of them are out. I, I just, I don't see it. I don't think the Chiefs are what they used to be. I think they undervalued how important Tyreek was to that offense, which is why Edwards Alaire has gone off to this point in the year. They're actually becoming a run base or at least a balanced offense. But um, despite the fact that neither team has looked great to this point in the season, I just I got to go Chiefs even down in Tampa um, just because I, I don't think Brady's what he used to be. All right, Alonzo, who you got? Chiefs at Bucks. I'm going with the Bucks. Uh, Mike Evans coming back. Um, Godwin and Jones are dated are a game time decision. So if if those two guys come back, I don't think the Chiefs can can not not that they're gonna get, put up forty five points, but I don't think the Chiefs can contain all three of them. Freaking Russell Gage did actually decent last week. So they, I mean, yeah, Tom Brady's on his way down, but he found Russell Gage what twelve times for ninety yards last week. So he's he still knows how to throw the ball. It may not go as far, and he's in his headspace may not be all there. But I I don't I don't think the Chiefs can beat them in Tampa. Um, I go to back what you said, Mike, about you know the, the post hurricane thing, and you know you got to win one for, for 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 your town at that point. You know everyone's got everyone's kind of pulling for you. You kind of feel that um, mm-hmm. there's, there's a momentum thing, um, so to speak. You know you got you got to win it for for your town. So I, I think Tampa pulls it out. Um, I don't know that I don't know where Mahomes is at right now. I mean, we all know where where Brady's at. Um, the question mark is where's Mahomes. Well, you saw last week he was arguing with Eric Bieniemy yes. on the sideline just before yeah, halftime. Yes. Yep, and so and I think that goes back to a felt. Not that Bieniemy was ever going to win that debate. Because... Oh, but wait, you know, <laughs> I, I think it goes back to a felt. Oh, how, how, how um how they they didn't realize how much they were going to miss Terry Kill, and so yep. I think frustrating Mahomes he doesn't have the field isn't opened up because you don't have this guy you know just going and dragging a safety and a corner and a linebacker you know drifting back with him you know so so the, the field is really condensed for him he's not finding those same those same avenues that he did in the past few years I I got the bucks all right got the bucks McChesney round us out Chiefs at Bucks who you got you know, there's a reason why this game is just like even on any uh sports book you go look at um I have I've had a tough time looking at this myself, um, but to surprise of many, I'm gonna pick against Cade's daddy here, and I'm gonna go Kansas City. Um, it's just there's there's just something about this Buccaneers offense that's just really just lackluster. Uh, it's it's disappointing, frankly. Um, and I think Casey, as much as they're having their own issues, um. I think I think they have a stronger kind of um, connection with each other than like these are two these these are two like very unfamiliar uh, you know personnel units with their quarterbacks Tom Brady's throwing to guys he's never seen before like Cole Beasley and uh, Russell Gage who were like terrified to drop the ball last week like <laughs> afraid that Tom Brady was gonna like rip them a new one. Oh, he's, um, they're they're scared he would throw a tablet at them and break it over their helmet. Right. <laughs> um, I just think this Bucks team has to kind of go through some growing pains this year, and I'm not, I'm not going to count them out in the long term run because I think you know if Godwin comes back healthy, Evans is you know finally not 
assaulting Marshawn Lattimore. Um, and they can kind of pull it together. I think you can see that a kind of season that Tom Brady was hoping for when he came back. But there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of outside variables on that Tampa team. I think KC it's all internal, and I'd rather deal with the internal than the external every time when talking about a football team. Uh, give me the Chiefs, really kind of grind it out, greedy game. I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of points. Uh, but yeah, give me give me KC, um, and hopefully I'll never have to pick against Tom Brady ever again because that just hurt my soul. All right, cool. We'll add them to the slate every week. That'll be good. Um, next up, we'll do Rams at 49ers, the Monday night game, and give us the score for the tiebreaker. Let's start with Jeremy. I got Rams in a landslide. I'm not on board with the Niners. I think they lost to a really, really, really bad Denver team. Uh, I think they're better with Lance out. I still don't think they're a very good offense. I think they do have a good defense, but I don't know. I, I think LA offensively is clicking right now. So for me, I, I've got Rams 32, uh, Niners 14. No, wow. 12. 12. 12. 12 it is. 12 it is. Uh, Jeremy, let me, um, I, before we get to like anybody else, I don't want to steal your Thunderstokes, but I just have a, question um do you saw the clip of like jimmy g talking like all your plays suck man like you saw that clip go viral yeah where do you stand on that whole like issue of is jimmy is jimmy g playing bad or is kyle shanahan really just kind of like feeling himself and thinking that he can just like you know create wine out of shit so I think it's a combination of a lot of different things but the easy answer to that is I think Jimmy G is an incredibly overrated quarterback who throws the ball seven times a game in a playoff game. Who thinks and he's wins, by the way. Is. What's that? And wins. And wins. Hey, Over I, Stokes. I'm not knocking it. <laughs> they won because if he'd thrown it eight times in the game, they would have lost. There's and 10 so, other people that helped that happen. So <laughs> on the offensive side, just saying. I'm simply saying that San Francisco's offense is the equivalent of a service academy where it's ball control how much can we play really good defense and not have to try to score because it's scary to try to put the ball in the end zone. And so do I think it's Kyle Shanahan's play calling? No, I think Jimmy G thinks he's a much better quarterback than he is. is And I think if he threw the ball 35 times a game, he'd throw four picks and they lose, I don't know, 46 to seven. So I put it more on Jimmy G than I do on Kyle Shanahan. I think Shanahan's doing what he knows he needs to do because he has two very below par quarterbacks. If Kirk Cousins and Jimmy G were on the same team, Jimmy G would throw for 7,000 yards in a season. And Kirk Cousins would write up half of the team. (laughs) He would tell every porn star to get out of the hotel. He would tell Debo, you just sign your name on this line. You resign with this football team because they care about you. And then Debo, Jimmy G, all of them would be probably Super Bowl champs, honestly. If I Kirk think, Cousins yeah, I, I agree. If Kirk was on the Niners, they'd probably win that Super Bowl in 2019. If Kirk Cousins was on the Niners, they would never have lost the Super Bowl since like 2013. And everybody would be in bed before 11. Everyone. Like, every fucking like, day. That's, that's, like Colin Kaepernick, hey, 
you stand up and you respect the people that care about you, you get up. On <laughs> Did not see it going that way. Oh, shit. that's so good. <laughs> oh, God. I'm not even going to cut that out. We're going to no. just leave that in there for. Yeah, uh, you're welcome, Internet. All right. Alonzo, who you got and what's the score? Rams, Niners. Um, I got I got the Niners, man. Um, the Rams, when when they played the only team who plays defense in their schedule, they were held to 10. They lost the Bills 31 to 10. Um, they put up 31 on the Falcons. They gave up 27. They barely beat the, Car- the Cardinals 20 to 12. Um, the, the Niners play defense. Now, the Niners' problem is they don't put up points themselves. You know, they beat the Seahawks 27 to 7, but then they only scored 10 and 10 the other two games. And um, but then they only gave up 19 to the Bears and 11 to the Broncos. So the, the Niners are, I'm not saying, you know, the Niners are great. I'm just saying, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not, I'm not feeling the Rams this year. They haven't felt like last year's Rams. Um, and again, how the fuck do you up 27 to the Falcons if you're the Rams? You know, I mean, that's just, just the fucking Falcon. I mean, was it, uh, who's there? there? Oh, Marcus Mariota for crying out loud. You know, you're, you're, I mean, really? Ducks. Ducks. You know? Ducks. So yeah, I, I'm just like, come on, man. So no, I, I got the, I got the 49ers. Um, in a in a low scoring affair we're looking at we're looking at 16 to 10 um and the Niners defense just steps up like fucking mad like like they've been doing essentially this season they have not been a bad defense um their offense just needs to score a little bit more and I think they score a little bit more this game I think it's 16 10 San Francisco 16 10 San Fran all right McChesney who you got Rams Niners um I get the Niners I think um as much as okay, as much as I can, you know, be the Garoppa stan in this building, um, I think Jeremy does have a point where Jimmy G does kind of play outside of his box and likes to think that he is a little bit closer to Tony Romo than he is Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy G yeah, he, loves he, he, to play he, inside he, of boxes. I don't know. If like, yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. A lot of boxes, just not his own. Jesus. But um, I think that Shanahan's play calling does have a lot to do with it too. I think last week his plays were really bad. I think that uh, he, I think that whole offensive unit was just kind of clueless that whole entire game. Um, I think if he opened the playbook a little bit and said, "Okay, Jimmy, like you, you dissed me in front of like the national TV, whatever," but Kyle Shanahan has instead held a grudge in every press conference he's had this week. It's just like, "Yeah, no, Jimmy's an asshole." Um, I think if he stepped back and let and opened it up a little bit, show a little bit more faith in Jimmy, like he had in 2019 when Jimmy had like his greatest career year, where he was actually like a top, a top, you know, 15, 13 quarterback that year. I think that there's a lot of you know success in the Niners building. Um, and I think that this is a game where you know Shanahan kind of knows McVeigh a little bit better than uh. McVay's no shanty, and I think the Niners can kind of pull this off like they usually do when they play uh when they play the Rams. Um and of course, as for the Rams, they've been just absolutely horrendous this year. I don't know what's going on. Um Stafford's been just ruining my fantasy year. Uh but for a score, I'm gonna say it's gonna be your average NFL game. I think it's gonna be like a 25-21 score. The Niners get it done on the ground. Uh Jimmy G throws, you know, 17 passes, maybe two screen touchdowns to Debo, and it's all fun and games. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to be a pretty average NFL game. 
Okay. 25-21, though? I heard yeah. that correctly, right? Okay. Yeah, so 25 is an interesting... Yeah, yeah, but but the, the, the Niners are an interesting team that find interesting things to do. I, I really hope it's three touchdowns, two safeties to get to that 25. And Matthew Stafford steps out of bounds twice. Hell yeah, Dan the Man Orlovsky, let's go. What was the ran out of the back of the end zone the other day? Stoats, I texted you on that one. Garoppolo. Um, the, yeah, Garoppolo last yeah. week literally ran out of the back. But it was a, it was a, you know, it was a galaxy brain, like a thousand IQ play. Because if he didn't do that, he would have thrown a pick six. Yeah, it was a pick six. <laughs> pick six on that play. He he threw an interception. He saved himself he four points. That's what that's what really happened. Idiot survived. Subway in the stands. He was trying to run to her. <laughs> and Kirk Cousin is there. Is that me? The hall monitor. He was looking around for 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 that that, that little league player. Whose favorite uh, actor is Alexis Texas? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Is, is your homegirl around, bro? He's like, no, nah, but Lee Sands here with me. Let's go. <laughs> I, I I hope somehow, some way, Kirk Cousins starts listening to this show and he's just taking notes. Here's the heathens we're going after this fucking week. <laughs> That's or right. freaking, I'm sorry, not, not, not <laughs> fucking, I'm sorry. Kirk Cousins and Dabo just hanging out in the offseason. Like, which mega church do you want to go to this week, Kirk? Uh, how about Latter day Saints of Nebraska? Dabo? Like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Westboro, Westboro Baptist Church. That's, that's what I, <laughs> I hear Waco is nice this time of year. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ, Dugs. <laughs> Hey, actually, Waco's Waco's got it's kind of yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. It, it's all right. I mean, you just got to watch out for the Colts. But anyways, uh, not C O L T S. Yeah, yeah. There's tanks and all kinds of bad things. Anyways, so here is my prediction for Rams Niners. Um, even though the Niners are kind of banged up, um, as we've kind of all alluded to, the Rams this season do a great job of playing down or below their competition, particularly on defense. They're doing it about as good as the Steelers have historically done it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this season, Stafford has thrown more INTs than touchdowns. Um, He has four touchdowns, five INTs on the season. Such a gross um, stat line. Yeah. And the lowest uh, quarterback rating since 2014 on the season. Although his career, uh, percentages if the season ended today would be at an all-time high but still just the playing down to the competition the Super Bowl hangover and everything as well as I think San Francisco is actually going to start using my boy my man Debo fucking Samuel yes a hell of a lot more because if you watch their games all they're doing is using him as a decoy and really just throwing to him a couple times a game realistically need to break him open absolutely he doesn't have a touchdown on the season I think, Jimmy's, I think Jimmy's going to get into him. I think Jimmy and Devo have this connection that Trey didn't. It, it's I think, got I think to, Jimmy yeah. knows how to use Devo. He did it last year. Yeah, and there's always these segments on you know wide receivers adapting to like a fill-in or backup quarterback stepping up, and they're like, well, okay, it takes us a couple of weeks to get used to how they actually throw the ball with the spiral the angle, et cetera. So I have the 49ers this week, 35-27, um, let's just go ahead and say the 35 for the Niners comes from five traditional touchdowns, extra points, and the from 27 Debo. all from Debo. I, I hope so. Give them, yes, sir. Give them the my rock. fancy team would thank you. 
let's fucking go. He's no longer Debo the decoy. He's Debo the fucking man. Yes, sir. Uh, and the 27 comes by way of three touchdowns and extra points from LA and uh, three safeties because Jimmy G probably just wants to run out of the back of the end zone and find the kid who has Alexis Texas's number. He so. likes to hit the back. Every, if you every, haven't every, heard. Time, every time the Niners play, play the Rams, all Jimmy G is thinking of is ramming and he thinks of his freaking porn star girls. So that's, that's why he gets all those attractive women in the stands eating subway sandwiches. Like who I, I, like, love, oh, I love Jimmy G. He's just, and he like he took everything in, in stride that happened last week. He was just even in a loss, he was just happy and dapping people up. Like <laughs> that's the guy you want on your side. A lot of money. Look at me. Look at me. Oh yeah, he restructured his contract only to make all of it back and more with performance bonuses. So he's laughing his whole way to the bank on the field, off the field. Himself. I respect yeah. it. And off the field, he's best friends with uh, Charles Barkley and Subway. So you know how the fuck can you complain? So good times. Jimmy good times. Jesus, baby. Yeah, yeah. Alonzo, I think I see you looking at your watch. No, I'm not. I'm just looking no? around. Are, are you sure you're not looking at your watch? Huh. That's weird. Oh. That, you know that, that's really weird. What? I am. You are. You, that's what? good. Do you know what time it is, Alonzo? In honor of the phenomenal rebranding of a famous magic story out of the UK turned Italian American bang noodle wielding and probably from New Jersey Wizard, our next segment is the Giuseppe Stromboli Ritual of the Week. The premise is simple. I give a scenario to the panel that happened in recent memory. The panel determines how they would change the execution of the plan, and if just saying not do it is an immediate loss. Today, we hit the beautiful Maddock, North, North Dakota. It, Nothing good comes out of North Dakota. Uh, Carson Lance, Trey Lance. <laughs> you're pretty. Yeah, you're right on that. Where everybody knows a raccoon's name, Rocky the raccoon was found on the side of the road in June of this year and was nursed back to health with the intent of re-releasing Rocky back into the wilderness upon recovery. Part of that recovery plan was to bring Rocky to the world famous Maddock Bar. In Maddock, North Dakota. How the hell did that happen? I don't know. Very original name. Yeah, yeah. So this happened on September 6th during happy hour. Rocky made friends with me speculating that he drank the entire bar under the table single-handedly. After hearing that someone brought a semi-domesticated raccoon to a bar, the North Dakota Health and Human Services Department, which I got to say, these dicks, issued a warning to anybody who met Rocky to seek medical care should they have come into contact with Rocky's bodily fluids, saliva, or if Rocky just decided to start gnawing on their elbow or similar. Rehabber Aaron Christensen said in a statement to the Bismarck Tribune that the North Dakota Dakota Health and Human Services set out to detain Rocky and throw her in prison. Currently, Christensen is facing a potential two-year jail sentence maximum with up to $7,500 in fines. Alonzo, you are Rocky the Raccoon. How do you continue to drink the entirety of Modoc, North Dakota under the bar at the world-famous Modoc Bar? while avoiding the stadies bonus points 
if this Christensen rehabber truther uh, goes to jail because of my rats. So Alonzo, how are you handling it? All right. So I'm I'm Rocky the the squirrel, right? That's that's where oh, the raccoon better said. Raccoon. Yeah, not not a squirrel. Not yes, a squirrel. A raccoon. Okay. Well, I'm pretending I'm a squirrel, and I'm calling on my homie, Bullwinkle. Bullwinkle, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Now Bullwinkle will distract the stadies while I can go in and keep drinking because they're going to see this big ass freaking moose out there, and the least of the concern is going to be a raccoon. They're in a cartoon moose in reality. Yeah, ex- exactly. Right. This is it's, bad. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie. Okay, um, but yeah. So you, you got you got the the fucking moose outside, and the stage like, what the hell's going on here? Now they're trying to make sure people aren't going to go try to pet the moose, and I sneak right in, go back into the bar, and keep drinking. All right, and so that's what you have homies for. You you call your friends, and you Rocky the raccoon, Rocky the fucking squirrel. Who gives a shit? Your name is Rocky. You have a friend named Bullwinkle. You call Bullwinkle the moose. Bullwinkle takes care of business. He talks like this, woo, woo. and that's the end of that. I don't get arrested. You know, I don't get caught. Um, I don't care what happens to the rehabber. Thank you for rehabbing me. I'm drinking now, and that's the end of that. That's that's where I go with it. Okay, gonna call on a cartoon moose. I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Let's move to Caleb McChesney. How are you going to handle this situation? Alonzo, it's kind of easy. He took a he, he had a part of my idea, but I'm calling up a different friend. Okay, right? You know, Bullwinkle, he's cool. Yeah, no problems, Bullwinkle. But how about I get this this other part of the raccoon family? I'm calling up my cousin Rocket from Guardians of the Galaxy. He's coming up with that RPG, and he's got Groot on the other side of him, like. <laughs> I am Groot. Yeah, y'all ain't messing with us now. The bar, the bar is ours now. It is the we are the guardians of the bar. No more, no more galaxy. It's just this shit hole in the wall bar in North Dakota. But uh, world famous Modoc bar. A point was made. A point was made that uh, this is a raccoon eligible service for all of my raccoon friends to come and join me. And, uh, you know, all you needed was a little bit of an enforcer and that Bradley Cooper voiced raccoon is going to do it. <laughs> nice. Nice. So that's the retirement plan after the guardians of the galaxy wrap up their, uh, movie series production after guardians of the galaxy three. Excellent. Excellent. Going to retire to Modoc, North Dakota. Jeremy, how are you going to handle this situation? Historically, I've always had two options. So I'm going to keep having two options here. So option a, uh seeing as how it's north dakota and you're outnumbered probably like 12 to 1 sheep to people um i feel like they don't have a lot of enforcement as far as you know labor laws so if as a raccoon you're able to learn how to tend bar who gets more free drinks in a small town bar than a bartender how do you drink for free you just go ahead and learn how to serve a beer because let's be honest madoc bar Probably has Bud Light and Bud Heavy. Those are probably their two tap options. And then they've probably got, uh, if I had to take a guess, JMO. And that's probably the three things they have. It's not that hard to bartend there. Come bartender. Good to go. Nobody will kick you out because you're working there and you can't kick out somebody's working. Now, plan B, which I think is the better option. What is a raccoon also known as? A trash panda. Yep. Yeah. Now, right. as a trash panda, you're 50% garbage, which means you're from New Jersey, but you're also 50% panda. You're a New Jersey panda. Now, what are pandas endangered? What can't you do? 
you cannot disrupt the habitat of an endangered species. Ah. If a trash panda says this bar is my habitat, not only can you not remove it from its habitat, but you also can't modify that habitat. And if it drinking alcohol is part of that habitat, there's nothing the authorities can do. Claim endangered trash panda status, problem solved. Ooh, using the law against them. Using the law against them. Let's go. It always goes unnecessarily hard in these uh, segments, and I love it. I care more about these segments than anything else in my life. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why we keep doing it. Giuseppe Stromboli redo of the week is better than sex. (laughs) Depends on the week. (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. Lord, that's uh, I should have went first. That we needed to know there, but that's that's good. <laughs> so, if, if you guys look up uh, Modoc Bar LLC, I think it takes you to the place where this all went down, and they have three pictures. Three being the third. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Four, one of which is a Google Street View of the place. The first one is some dude's wallet, uh, with a Bud Light next to it. And some other guy looking at this like Coors Light sign, so I think they might have Coors Light on tap too. Maybe that's, that's, that's just decoration. Yeah, it, it might be. Uh, the second picture is a blurry picture of uh, a pool table and what looks like one of those digital jukeboxes, you know. Um, but it's like in motion, so it looks like the dude's like spinning real fast in his very comfy swivelly chair. You're welcome, Modoc Bar. Sponsor us. The next one is um, a picture of, let me count, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven shrimp um, on a plate with something that looks like mashed potatoes, I assume, and broccoli. It's a very uh, photos this is referring to here. Yeah, yeah, these things were taken by somebody who was, like, in motion, right? So, Every single one, Yeah. <laughs> So my question is, why the hell is the government worried about this bar that can only have three pictures posted of it, plus the Google Street View? That's my first question. Like, all right, come on, like, leave these people alone, A. And the raccoon could really start a a, a retaliatory effort to uh, stick around this bar. Um, One of the things not mentioned in the the description was that this raccoon could actually be put down to like if anybody you know has dude this is gonna this is harambe too it it could be we are going to have another apocalypse yeah so now we're gonna take howard stern is gonna be elected president and it's gonna all be over um more I'm importantly, when Marstos is going with these photos, though, and the one that has the wallet next to the Bud Light, which also has a can of 10, it's yeah. a Bud Light in the photo. Above it is a picture of Miller beer, and directly almost touching the picture of Miller beer is a Coors Light neon sign. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I- I'm telling you, this place is world fucking famous, boys. World fucking famous. They don't famous. even have a website. They just have pictures. <laughs> Yeah, from Facebook in 2017. So um, it, it might have changed a little bit. They might have brought in Shock Top. No. Ooh. That's Ooh. a Coors Light product. Don't listen to the sign. They don't serve it. There's also no windows in this place. <laughs> no, there's not. It, it really does look depressing. Um, well, it's North Dakota. Uh, it's, it's a bar and club, guys, according to their sign. 
It's and just a club. A oh, right. how you kicking a raccoon out of a club, man? Oh, you guys got to go to their Facebook page. Holy it's crap! It's right next to a museum that's just labeled museum. Their cover photo on their Facebook page. It has the pool table. It has a Budweiser light above it. And then off to the left-hand side, there's a picture of an eagle. So obviously they like wild animals. All right. So really, this is uh, bullshit at the highest fucking degree. Um, yeah. And apparently they're looking for a couple of bartenders, too, if you want to make extra money. Um, all of our listeners in Modoc, North Dakota. Um, that's fantastic. Anyways, yeah, I, think, I think it'd be a little too far away for me to commute to make extra bucks on the weekends. So. Can I just can I just throw yeah. out there that if you go to their Facebook page where it says price range and they do the dollar signs, it's four dollar signs, which by North Dakota standards is like three dollars for beer. The rest of the world would be one, but that's just how North Dakota rolls. Yeah, no shit. No shit. Oh my god. You know what? In in, in honor of them, I think after this segment, I'm gonna go grab a course banquet. <laughs> oh man what's banquet how do you spell that right. so <laughs> don't ask better yeah don't no no he's really bad at spelling so <laughs> not to get us back off topic here but the last three posts <laughs> from Matic bar's facebook page june 24th bar will open at 11 a.m saturday for bush four's benefit so somebody died now they're getting money April 28th, 10.45 p.m., Jackie Fawson's Celebration of Life will be 5 to 7 p.m. at Maddox Bar. The and third one is the best. April 13th, due to weather conditions, Bar will be opening at 2 p.m., and the photo in the background is just a whole bunch of poop emojis. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So some, some like, 60-year-old grandpa is running this Facebook page. Oh, same thing on February 18th. Maddox Bar will open at 4 p.m. Poop emojis. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, just I what wonder, they use. I wonder if, if they think those are like, you know, chocolate or something. You know, Like you said, it's some, somebody's 70-year-old grandpa like, I'm going to put chocolate back here to make it all cute. It's like, what the fuck, dude? That's, that's shit. You don't understand? You're, you're posting shit on there. Oh, my God. That's got to be a health violation. Yeah, yeah you would hope. Well, I mean, as long as they're not serving it, right? But, but judging from the first two posts, uh, this bar is where people go to die. Well, it is. So not to get super dark back to our first statement here, but May 19th, uh, they had a June 6th, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. medical expense benefit fundraiser for Jackie Fawson, who Holy is shit. who they had the celebration of life for. Uh, <laughs> I guess so she died after. <laughs> oh, wow. my God. Wow. Uh, Holy boy. crap. Yeah. yeah so... family, we apologize if you're listening to this. Uh, just they also, they yeah. also, March 29th, posted on Facebook that they're having a surprise party for Mike Lawrence. Diane will have a taco bar. Apparently, let's Mike let's, 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 put Facebook. It, Pam, let's put it on Facebook. Surprise party for Mike Stokes. <laughs> Mike, don't, don't, don't go to Facebook for the next four weeks, bro. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I can't wait for April 3rd at 7 because Diana's taco bar is going to be lit as fuck. <laughs> be careful so, if, if you're talking about women and tacos with Jimmy G, all right? So, well, just... <laughs> Jimmy G doesn't, he's never been to North Dakota. Well, wait, maybe? No. No, no way he's been to North Dakota. Maybe Eastern Illinois traveled up there, but. Like that. He may have. Oh, geez. 
Well, anyways, on the burner account that Caleb gave me, I'm just going to go ahead and like that. Um, come uh, party and let's celebrate Mike's birthday. Colbert Garrison, known enjoyer of Matic Bar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the infamous, the infamous with the Aaron Hernandez profile picture. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't like the social medias, so I'm I'm very happy that oh, Caleb gave is, me the worst burner of all Caleb time for Facebook accounts. Yeah, you don't want to know what Tolbert was before you got your hands on him. Yeah, it, it it's really really bad. And now Maddox Bar is going to be super pissed that Aaron Hernandez liked a post from 2021. Oh, geez. Yeah, from the grave, Aaron. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Have we got ghosts here. Yeah, you got bigger problems than raccoons, boys. Yeah. That's the solution. We bring Aaron Hernandez back from the dead. <laughs> Frank and Hernandez. Oh, that's terrible. Because Hernandez at bars has always ended so well. Just ask Florida. Was, <laughs> was Hernandez reincarnated as a raccoon named Rocky? <laughs> oh, shit. It's the solution nobody wanted, but we all expected. I'm going with that one. I'm just going to run with that one. We, <laughs> yeah. Holy crap. This is fantastic. Oh, my gosh. And if you are in North Dakota... I'm, yeah, we're making fun of you. So let's go ahead and move on to a break on that note. But when we come back, our panelists give our Alex Moran Player of the Week nominations. You're listening to Plaster Negotiations. Follow us on social media at PlasterPod. And stay tuned for more. Welcome back to Plaster Negotiations, where none of the debates are legally binding. Each week, we ask our panelists to find what we call the Alex Moran Player of the Week. The criteria is simple. We're looking for an individual who wants to live their best life, the true backup life. All the glory, none of the work. McChesney, let's start with you. Who is your nomination for the Alex Moran Player of the Week? We know him. We love him. Some of us, anyway. Antonio Brown, uh, future Cleveland Brown, as it turns out to be. If you come and lick, click on the link that I sent to the uh, oh the Jesus here, Christ, <laughs> Antonio Brown this weekend was arrested for uh, skinny dipping in this pool, and um, and like uh, was it Abu Dhabi or Saudi Arabia? But this dude was naked, and like nobody realized it until the dude. Like, oh, I see Alonzo's face right now. I think he just saw the picture that was, like, viral of him. (laughs) (laughs) Hands all over his stuff. And, like, this picture, if it wasn't blurred out, you'd see everything you don't want to (laughs) see. Oh, my God. He, this, this this makes Deshaun Watson want to sue for gimmick imitation. Like... (laughs) Oh my identity god. Identity theft. So hang on. So Caleb, you're saying the woman in the pool was a massage therapist? <laughs> <laughs> Unconfirmed. Uh, I'm, I'm not gonna go that far. But even she's like, oh my god, like it's whatever. Like nobody and then she sees his bare ass crack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his ass is right next to her face. And then if you scroll down, Stokes, yeah. Boom. There it is. He's literally just 
going away, you know, badger level public masturbation. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. It's bad. It's It's really bad. bad. Antonio Brown got arrested. Um, And I'm pretty sure that he's in the Middle East. Uh, This could end really bad for him, but I got to imagine that Deshaun Watson and Cleveland Browns are on the phone with AB's agent saying, hey, does he still want to play football? We 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 we're good with taking guys like this. Like we want, we just want to win. Yeah. So shout out to Antonio Brown, but my honorable mention is Russell Wilson, who who basically conned the Broncos. He's playing, he's playing like a backup. <laughs> he, he's, he conned the Broncos into giving him a two hundred and sixty five million dollar contract essentially before even playing one game with the Denver Broncos, and he's looking like two thousand twenty Drew Brees. He is that washed. Dollar. Dollar oh, bills. He's actually looking like like 2015 Peyton Manning. Even though they won, they won in spite of him, not because of him. Eli said that they should have paid the punter that money, and I agree. <laughs> so yeah, shout out to Antonio Brown and uh, Russell Wilson. AB always in the headlines. Jeremy, who is your Alex Moran player of the week? Oh yeah, I also have two. Uh, my honorable mention is a young lady by the name of Kay Adams who used to be on uh, NFL Network and then recently did not choose to re-up her contract to go to take a FanDuel job uh, doing a show for them. Apparently they have shows now. Long story short, there is a young man uh, who goes by the Twitter name of WSM at 1804 Legendary with no ease. And he took a picture of Miss Adams and tweeted out this one of the few white girls I'd dick down FR with an emoji. She chose to respond to this because that's oh. always a great decision. And her oh, response in all lowercase letters letters is, hey, thanks, man. Really appreciate it. What the? F- oh, my gosh. No. Now, NFL wouldn't have looked too highly upon her if she did that. Oh my god. Hey, Unless she had a severe concussion. Who's your second one? <laughs> now, my actual Alex Moran player of the week, with that being my runner-up, is a gentleman by the name of Dialio, D-I-A-L-L-E-O, Dialio Burks. Dialio Burks. Mr. Burks coaches the Warner University football team in NIA NIA. NAIA program out of Florida, a small, tiny Christian school. They got a $75,000 guarantee to go play FCS program, Stephen F. Austin. They Hmm. proceeded to lose said game at Stephen F. Austin, 98 to nothing. The second most lopsided game in the history of FCS, there was a game that was 105 nothing. Now, that's not what's important. What's important is the comments that Mr. Burks made after this game regarding how it went for his football program. One being, nobody knows about Warner, but they're going to know about you after this game. (laughs) More More importantly than that one, because I think the other one really kind of brings to light why this program was down 59-0 at the half to an FCS team and then proceeded to lose this game. Um, the quote that he left after the game that I feel like is on the level of like playoffs on that level of college coaches having things to say, Mr. Burke said, and I quote, you look at it. Whoa, 98, nothing. He said, 
But if you're a true football player and a real competitor, what's the difference between that and losing 28-27 on a last second field goal? Um, I mean, is he asking mathematically? I, I don't think so because he's a football coach, but come on. Uh, really? I'm, I'm simply saying, uh, you know, the difference between 98 nothing and losing 28-27 on a last second field goal is, I don't know, 97 points. <laughs> and the fact that 75 grand for your program is probably more money than they've ever had, which I respect. But then just be honest about it. Don't go out there after the game and be like, hey, man, you know, what's the difference between losing one point and losing by 98? Well, 97 points, sir. Your program being fucking atrocious is the difference between this and that. Guess what? They're and still so him trying age. to justify it for me makes him the Alex Moran player of the week. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Alonzo, who is your Alex Moran player of the week nominee? So before I start with my... That quote that he mentioned about no one knows about us now, but they will. <laughs> they will now. That's great. And it just kind of reminded me of some quotes. Uh, uh, who is it? John McKay, the Bucks coach, when they asked him, what do you think about your offense, ex- about your team's execution? He wrote, I'm in favor of it. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or when Casey Stengel coached the horrible Mets back in the day. Oh, yes, a Casey Stengel quote. Let's go. The only thing worse than a Mets game is a Mets doubleheader. (laughs) God rest Casey Stengel. Oh, he should have achieved sainthood. All right, so neither here nor there. I just thought that was funny. My my, uh, Alex Brown Player of the Week, um, and I think someone might have said this one before, I don't recall. And if they did, I apologize. But I'm going to go through a little more stats here. Uh, Colt McCoy. Colt yeah, McCoy. That was one of Cade's first. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if he broke that's, it that's down. Jordan Shipley's baby daddy, right? But uh, yeah, they're twins and so, lovers. So here's here's my yeah, breakdown for this. Okay, it's remember. not just that he's the he's the backup whatever. It's it's the amount of money he's gotten paid for everything he's done. Right? So he's been in the league 12 years. Um, has played 53 games in 53 games, has started 33 of them. So he's made $24 million. So if you break it down by games played you know, overall, it's $452,830 per game played. If you just break it down by game started, it's $727,272. If you break it down per attempt, it's $22,000 per pass attempt. Break it down per completion, is $35,600 per pass completion. So Jesus, yeah, this dude has really, 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 really lived the fucking Alex Moran backup life. Um, so yeah, Cade, I, I, I believe Cade may have talked about it. That's fine. I want to break down the numbers a little more to show you how well he has lived that backup life. And currently, he is signed. Um, what, what was it? The Browns, I believe, have him right now. Cardinals. Last I checked. Cardinals. Yeah, right? one the Cardinals. Yeah. It is the Cardinals, but he's injured, so he's he's out. <laughs> And they're still paying them. What I would what I would like to find out, and maybe this will be my research for Alex Moran the next time I come on, is who which quarterback has made the most amount of money despite not throwing a single pass in a regular season. In his career? Yeah, like like he like he gets paid like up the wazoo, but he never appeared in an NFL game. Good question. That's what I hmm. that's what I'd like to find out. I got some names that I could like maybe think of, but 
I think Jim Garoppolo would love to know how he could put it up someone's wazoo, but <laughs> he is. Uh, he already knows. Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Nice, nice. So I had one all picked out. I got on early and I was like, yeah, let's find an Alex Moran player of the week before we go into break, right before the segment. And then McChesney drops some fucking gold. Antonio Brown. And he didn't. No, it's not going to be Antonio Brown. It's going to be somebody else. Um, So similar to the way you two did it, I'll I'll have my my backup, my pre-prod one. Your third um, string. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, second string. Second string. Um. Yeah, this one was a dude named Eric in uh, Mobile, Alabama, mostly because uh, there was a story about this hog that got loose down in Mobile that the uh, <laughs> Department of Health and Human Services down there, that's not the actual name of it. It's like animal services or something. They couldn't actually catch this hog, but this dude named Eric started chasing it around like on foot and like the hog smoked him like everybody else. <laughs> and it's still like running amok. That was my backup. But after Caleb sent out the article, my Alex Moran player of the week this week is the writer of the Antonio Brown exposes himself <laughs> to stun guests in hotel pool. His name is Rich Calder, mostly because of his opening sentence. And please let me read this quote. This notorious ex-NFL bad boy could be flagged for illegal use of hands, hyphen, and butt. <laughs> if that does not... That is the Alex Moran player of the week, ladies and gentlemen. Dude, the video is so bad. Every part of this is worse than the last. Like, literally... No, he literally took off... He literally just tried to take off his girl's top. Like, yeah, he did. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call it right now that later this week, Antonio Brown's gonna come out to the media and be like, "Yeah, remember when you guys thought it was really bad when I took my shirt off? Well, <laughs> fuck you guys." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you guys off now. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and you know, McChesney, when you said keep scrolling down, you'll see the, um. It the blurred out picture. Yeah. No, that was the first picture I saw on my internet feed. Oh, great! And it was, yeah, like the Nana, lady. Don't that's... look it up, please. <laughs> Nobody look this up. Um, but Rich Calder, like, kudos on you for having an opening line that really just does say it all. Like, yeah, yeah. So, well, you know, it's funny. We used to the media used to bitch about Terrell Owens. <laughs> this dude. I mean, Daryl Owens looks like a saint compared to this guy. He just Sharpie he was... looks pretty good right listen, now. Listen, Antonio Brown probably has the better pro career than T.O. He probably has more of a case to the Hall of Fame than T.O. did. But Antonio Brown's never going to be allowed in the NFL Hall of Fame after, after like, the last two years, three years. No, I, I would hesitate to say he had a better pro career than T.O. did. But he was on his way. But he kind of he 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 imploded. He was the probably the best receiver in football for a solid five to six years while he was in Pittsburgh. Yeah, while he was in Pittsburgh, I mean that was fuck. That was a long time. He ago. has a Super Bowl ring. He has all the Pro Bowls. I'm pretty sure. I'm sure that he was on some All Pro teams. I'm I I I wouldn't be shocked if AB's career was at the very least comparable to To, if not better. Yeah, I'm trying to bring up the stats so we can... Oh, yeah, here we go, baby. All right, let's compare T.O. and 
Antonio Brown. The push-up king himself, Terrell Owens. Let's Only see. if he's in his own driveway. Let's go ahead and make that clear. All right. Career total yards, 15,934 career receiving yards um, and 153 fucking touchdowns for T.O. By comparison, Antonio Brown, 12,291 receiving yards and 83 touchdowns. So the difference, too, is really you only have 11 seasons that Antonio Brown is present for and 14 seasons that T.O. is there for. So Maybe wouldn't score 50 touchdowns in three seasons, though. So I feel like you got to go T.O. on that one. Yeah, I kind of do, too. Um but there's only one person of the two that I've seen literally masturbating in a public pool today, um, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, T.O. and the writer. So, how oh. is Cleveland calling? I think Cleveland's calling. Oh, they've already called. They beat us to the punch. <laughs> they, they, they bailed them out of jail, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like they... that. It's like that one. Uh, the the biopic on Tupac, where Suge Knight comes in, he's like, "Yeah, I'll bail you out if you come to death row." It's, <laughs> it's one of those. Like, hey, we'll bail you out if you want to come. They're going to fight the NFL really. for a uh, seven game suspension here, so you can return in week twelve with Deshaun. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and and you you know all Deshaun's uh, former massage therapists are sliding into Antonio Brown's DMs right now. So we'll we'll see what happens. <laughs> Get paid uh, again. Uh, I, God, I don't think they are. They're probably fucking hiding from him, man. I mean, they they just knocked off Dubai off I'm of their list. Sure of also has, I'm pretty sure AB also has a past with um a certain um massage uh, therapist. Like, I'm I want to say that while like just before he signed with New England or just afterwards, he had this whole thing where um a massage therapist like accused him of doing some wrongdoing. Mm. Massage therapist slash pool chemical balancer. That too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's Just wrong, Jeremy. NFL <laughs> players. <laughs> you oh. Say it now. You can say it all you want. Eight months from now, we're gonna be like, man, remember last year when Deshaun like only get off massage therapist? That's fucking better than now when uh, all AB can get off to is just women in pools. <laughs> Or just public swimming pools in general. Oh, I mean, that, yeah. That Cleveland Ramada Holiday Inn has no Do, idea. Will AB be classified as a sex offender for this? Well, if this happened in Dubai, so maybe not, not, he won't be on the American list. Yeah. Well, God, I hope he would be, though. Nah, I, I mean, he's somewhere else, and unless he's convicted over there of something, he got well, yeah. And, yeah, he did get arrested. I mean, getting arrested and getting convicted are two different things, man. Two different things. <laughs> well, coming, ju- coming from a fucking attorney who has defended people in the past. Getting arrested and getting convicted, completely separate things. Oh, there's there's AD, a lot of better photos. Call Saul. <laughs> better call Saul. And with that, because holy shit, what an episode. Great we episode. thank you for joining us this week. For plaster negotiations, and again, nothing we said was legally binding. As always, 21 means 21. Designate a driver and drink responsibly. Above all else, be good people. Don't be Antonio Brown and jack off in a pool. Please, for the love of God. Put your ass in a female's face. Yeah. Yeah. Be Jimmy G and find a porn star who will do it consensually with you. 
Be Jimmy G. Don't be AB. Yes. Subway, eat fresh. On behalf of Alonzo Maestas Esquire Jr., the 21st, our designated Swiss Army Knife, Caleb McChesney, and Jeremy Phelps, I've been Mike Stotes. You've been an audience. Follow us at Plastered Pod on the social medias, and we'll see you next time. Sure anymore what's right or what is wrong.